0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Gethin Loser, where you and I dive into the raw and real aspects of my life and related topics in life that I hope resonate with all of you and problems that we all navigate. Today, we're exploring a theme that's honestly as natural as it gets. It's the ebb and flow of motivation. So we've all been there days when it feels like inspiration has taken an extended holiday, leaving us in what I can only really describe as a motivational desert. But don't worry, because today in this episode, I'm not sat here to throw some cheesy motivational quotes at you or promise quick fixes. Instead... I'm going to share genuine stories and what I hope to be some practical insights about how, after losing motivation, we re-embark on the journey and in our effort to rekindle the sparks of inspiration that we once held. I'm your host, Gethin Evans, and let's face it, we've all faced those moments where Even getting out of bed in the morning seems like a monumental task, whether it be related to mental health issues or simple university burnout. But as we explore today, those moments of lost motivation can be a powerful starting point for something new and can be perceived as something more positive. So, I hope you're sat listening to me with your favourite beverage in a comfy spot and join me now as you and I navigate the often messy terrain of rediscovering inspiration after a detour through the land of meh. This is Gethin Loser, and let's get into it. I find personally that once you've lost motivation, it's difficult to rekindle that inspiration in you again uh, by just looking inwards, and rather I find it much more inspiring to look outwards and to look at your surroundings, which is why, first and foremost, I want to explore nature's influence, explore the beauty of your surroundings and how it can either inspire or deter creativity. Considering writing, art, or other forms of expression that are influenced by the natural world can be a very effective way for me personally to Rekindle something within me or to sort of get me back in gear. So, something that I often do when I'm feeling quite low, quite fatigued, quite melancholy, is I go for a hike. And here in Bristol, where I would typically do that is Ashton Court. It's not really so much a hike as it is just a very long walk, but it can be. Really quite beautiful over there because as a student our lives are so orientated around city centre and campus But Ashton Court is so far removed in North Somerset, you know, it's a good half an hour walk from Sort of Clifton to actual Ashton Court estate that you are removed from it You are away from the stress and you are allowed to immerse yourself entirely in your surroundings Which, for me, helps me greatly in being more present. In actually being where I am, I get more in tune with the feelings that are most likely causing the stump that I'm in at that particular time. So for me, going to Ashton Court is a very effective method for that. And it's not only your surroundings, but it's also the sensations of nature. So, of course, when you're on a long walk, if it's a rainy day, like I'm recording this episode on a horrendous Thursday evening and it's chucking it down with rain outside. However, if you're going for a walk in this kind of weather, you just embrace it, you prepare for it. You know, like they say in Scandinavia, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. So you can go out and, you know, you can brush the cobwebs off. And for me, I am someone who massively benefits from that kind of sensory cleaning you know when you're in university and you're in the same locations every day you're surrounded by the same people and you're having the same conversations having an experience that maybe isn't unfamiliar but has become strange in not having it or doing it for such a long time like going for a really long walk like getting your hair wet on a hike or you know getting your feet muddy it can spark some inspiration back into you and can really liven you up. Additionally, I find personally studying something that isn't at all creative can lead to quite a lethal feeling of creative stagnation. And while maybe to some of you that may not seem immediately like, the worst thing in the world, because if you're studying something in STEM or studying something that isn't at all creative in itself, then why would not feeling any form of creativity be detrimental to your education or your feeling? Well, I would respond to that and say that, you know, creativity has to be part of your life for you to feel good, Especially if you're someone like me who kind of relishes in creative outputs to relieve myself of stress. Um, But creativity takes such an array of forms that I would even argue that exercise can take some sort of creative form. And if I am losing creative inspiration through creative stagnation brought about by sort of overstimulating myself ...in a certain subject such as my degree, then I am going to naturally lose my motivation for the things that I not only enjoy but kind of rely on to relieve myself of stress. And after a prolonged period of creative stagnation or lack of motivation, immersing yourself in also visual arts found in nature can serve as a quite powerful catalyst for inspiration... Because nature's canvas, especially at this time of year, um, with all of its patterns and the constantly changing landscapes, offers us an unparalleled ability to reignite creativity because it is constantly stimulating in its constant change. You know, the play for light through leaves and You know, all the different colours of a sunset and, you know, observing things like plants and flowers can captivate not only you but also your senses and really ignite your imagination and motivation in not only what you study but also what you're passionate for. I also think that something that almost always leads to a slump for me or leads to a lull either in creativity imagination or even happiness if it is mental health related it's because of for me personally excessive routine and it can be quite detrimental and by only studying one thing, by only being surrounded by one group of people or staying in one place, you know, it's coming towards the end of term now and everyone's in deadline season and whether you have exams or coursework, you are constantly kind of stuck in that routine. So I think that's where people often get their motivational slump for. And so because of this, there can be something quite magical about randomness, especially found in, say, spontaneous interactions with either friends or strangers. It's like stumbling kind of upon a hidden treasure chest of ideas and energy, which is like an oasis in a desert, especially at this time of year, as we come towards the end of term and we're also stuck in our routine and stuck with our short-term goals. Whether it's an, like, an unexpected coffee date with a friend or meeting someone spontaneously at a pub or a social, these unplanned moments for me have this knack of pulling me out of creative doldrums. You know, you never know what negative inspiration you might unearth from someone else's experiences and also someone's jokes or even just their outlook on life, whether it be positive or negative. You know, what all these experiences give you is crucial perspective. It's like a reminder that the world is a playground of stories waiting to be discovered. Plus, the unpredictability of these encounters inject a much-needed dose of excitement into our routine, which is so easy to forget about at this time of year, and so easy for us to forget to prioritise. You know, suddenly you find yourself buzzing with new thoughts, new perspectives ready to tackle whatever creative project got buried under the weight of monotony. It's the spontaneity that turns the mundane of our day-to-day into the extraordinary, and can kick-start the imagination when it's being lying down for too long and like i said previously when i say imagination i don't mean necessarily you know you're going to go write a book or you're going to go paint something extraordinary i think imagination seeps into every aspect of our lives and we cannot undermine its importance in things that we may not immediately associate it with as a as an integral part of you know if i was to give you a personal anecdote Surrounding this topic, I would immediately jump to the obvious example of first year of university for me, especially after the catastrophe that I found Freshers Week to be. So, last year during my first season at university, my first term, I really hit this colossal wall of stagnation that had me seriously contemplating, quite frankly, hitting the eject button on the entire idea of university and just dropping out, starting again, and doing everything over. And while I do appreciate that perhaps my feelings were a bit rash, I wasn't perhaps thinking as rationally as I could have been, I do think that my feelings were fair because... I had so much enthusiasm going to university and so much excitement and so many expectations that when none of them were met, I found that then having to sit down and actually do my work was near impossible because to me it felt like such an injustice to have seen everyone else so enjoy themselves and then get to work whereas I had never enjoyed myself and I still had to get down and sort of knuckle down to do the work. It felt like my enthusiasm for learning and my passions got lost somewhere in the shuffle of lectures and assignments. And, you know, I think back to GCSEs, which now is a very long time ago, almost four years ago, and even A-levels, when I had such a yearning for learning. You know, I wanted to know stuff. I wanted to discover stuff. And I also wanted to be the best. And it felt like all of that was aimed towards getting me into university. And when I got here, I lost all of that passion. And I do think, additionally, that was in part due to the quite brutal introduction to the topic. It was a really brutal struggle. And for a moment, I questioned whether academia was even my thing, which I'm still kind of questioning to this day. But you know what? We're here. But life kind of has this... Bizarre way of throwing curveballs when you least expect it and in the midst of my academic identity crisis in first year I stumbled upon this random eclective that seemed like A little bit of a shot in the dark and lo and behold it turned out to be the spark I desperately needed You know, I was finally able to find my equilibrium between uni work and my social life And then I was able to reignite my passions in running, in art, and in meeting people. And suddenly the whole university aspect of my life didn't seem so bleak anymore. And I think a key aspect of this was concentrating on turning university into an aspect of my life and not being my entire life. Now, I'm not saying that it's all rainbows, but sometimes all it takes is a little unexpected twist just to get you back on track. And the life lesson that I learned was to not be quite so dismal, and to not underestimate the sort of power of a random elective to shake things up a little, and bring back some excitement. You know, it doesn't even have to be anything dramatic, like my experience was just hopping to Eastern Europe it can be something more down to earth. It can be joining a society. It can be meeting new people. You know, I understand that in the moment it can feel really quite dismal, especially when there's a lot riding on it, like a university degree. But you can take control of these situations in finding these small passions and priorities. I will admit to you now that in the recent months of university, I have been a little bit too lax about it, but you know what, I'm not going to criticise myself too much in that because I do think I've been concentrating on other, and in this moment, slightly more important things in my life, such as therapy, my exercise, this podcast, and other sort of passion projects that have felt just as enriching as concentrating on my degree would have been and this sort of leads me on to my point which is well firstly don't follow my example entirely because I fully do not do the amount of university work that I should do but the importance of prioritizing serenity and time to rest I mean only in the timeline of me having this podcast have you listened to me explain how i struggle to rest and how i sometimes struggle especially when i'm feeling a little bit more manic to sit myself down and relax and let myself recharge even when i'm feeling like i'm not being productive and amidst the chaos of say at the moment coursework season or exam season or any crazy pressure cooker moment finding pockets of serenity and relaxation is Practically like again stumbling upon hidden treasures. I mean sure there are textbooks always to devour and Deadlines can really you know feel like they're breathing down your neck a lot of the time, but trust me Taking a moment to relax is just as productive It's like hitting pause on stress and giving your brain a little bit of a chance to breathe whether it's you know for example i've already mentioned going for a nice walk in a park or you know going on a date with yourself to a coffee shop or just staring into space <laughs> contemplating the meaning of life like i do 99.9 of the time these serenity breaks are quite frankly golden they're not slacking off they're the secret sauce and they fuel your motivation, you know, they have the power to perhaps not even reignite your spark, but to maintain it. You know, once you've found it, you want to be able to keep it. And I do think that moments of rest like these, which I personally do find a struggle to maintain, are the key to long-term motivation. It's in those moments of calm that your brain does this sort of ninja move connecting dots, and really sparking ideas. And the best part is you don't even realise it. You know, this is all subconscious. Suddenly, you know, you're back at work, but it'll feel less of a chore and more like this sort of dance. Serenity isn't your enemy of productivity. It's the wingman. I thought of that myself. Are you proud? Thank you very much. So, you know, when the pressure's on you, don't forget to take a breath. And, you know, I'm not going to be cheesy and be like, oh my God, find your zen. Like, no, just take a breath, take a breather, be rational about it. And remember what my grandmother says, there are only two things in life that are worth your time and worth your stress, and that is your own happiness and your own health. And if anything is going against these things, then, you know, take measures to either reduce them or cut them out. Your spark and motivation might just be waiting for you in that rest and in that day's break. You know, you can give yourself a day off this weekend and you may find what you've been looking for amidst all your stress. Mentioning my grandmother there, it brings to mind some generational wisdom that she's, you know, tapped into every now and then when I've spoken to her about how stressed I get and... My Granny Margaret is someone who I have already spoken about. She's already someone whose praises I've sung and I will continue to do so in future to you. However, one of the things that she always drills into me, even today, because I seem to have the same problems in relation to academic anxiety and stress now as I did when I was 13 years old. You know, I... Can recall that when I was 13, one of the first times that I met my now sister-in-law was when I was studying for the end of year tests at the age of 13, and I was spending eight hours a day revising. You know, somebody should have checked in on that poor child that I was, but... I had this great academic stress, and it has kind of become more manageable, a little bit more manageable as I've become older. But, I mean, when I was about to sit my chemistry A level, I fully blacked out, had a panic attack. One of the worst experiences in terms of anxiety that I've ever felt. But what she has always tried to drill into me, the point I'm trying to get to. Well, she always says, first of all, um, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, which is, you know, that's a saying in itself. But she always drills this idea of how her neighbour one day was sort of boasting about her son's grades and how he was going to this grammar school, apparently. I can't remember the story exactly. But but the neighbour said something along the lines of how she would spend any amount of money ...on her son's education, which, you know, I do appreciate. I do think that is admirable. But then my grandmother's response to that, a nurse, said, well, you know, the only thing I would spend... ...an infinite amount of money on for my son would be his health and his happiness. And I think that really just alleviated so much pressure off of me. Not only because I realised sort of, like, you know, how I should be treating myself... But also, others don't expect as much from me as I feel they do. And rather, they would prefer that I was happy in what I'm doing. Or if I am doing something that I'm not particularly passionate about, that I do still prioritise myself. And that I pursue things on the side that I am passionate for and I find enriching. You know, I think I am very guilty of this. I've always expected so much from myself because i expect others do expect that from me and the reality of it is no one really cares that much and i think at many times in my life i have starved my creativity and i've you know limited it for the sake of more academic pursuits and it's not paid off and so i now am actively trying to learn from that previous mistake, and not repeat it to my further detriment in future. So, to have a quick little review of what we've covered in this episode, we have covered the benefits of nature, we've emphasised the importance of surrounding yourself with people who enrich you, spontaneous plans, and sort of breaking the mould of routine when you find yourself falling into that sort of stale feeling. And we've also explored the importance of not starving yourself of creativity, you know, not self-harming yourself in a way by allowing yourself to pursue the things that you are actually passionate about for the sake of prioritising things that, you yourself do not perhaps consider quite as important that is not me talking about myself at all but that is what we've discovered and we've also discussed granny margaret's infinite generational wisdom i feel like i should get her on this podcast one day and she would out me no doubt so from rediscovering our importance in friendships to the zen of nature and even those unexpected encounters that could be the jumpstart, you never knew you needed, remember that inspiration is something that you need to pursue. It's something that you've got to chase. Nurture. And sometimes you even need to trick it into showing up by shocking yourself back into starting. You know, it's not always about working harder, but, of course, working smarter and more strategically. You know, knowing when to work and when to hit the pause button as well you know we've need to we need to have more of a mental recharge so just remember that your motivation is this ever evolving creature and you do have the power to control it so until next time i hope you all stay inspired and stay creative and to all of you who are in the midst as i am of course week season God bless, good luck, and I shall speak to you next week, my loves.